Hi, y'all. So I just got off of Snapchat, and I thought Snapchat was um, a way for me to send temporary messages to my kids and anybody else I know on there. And I found this little button on there that took me to some videos, and they were no one I knew, except maybe some celebrities. But they were mostly all motivational messages. And I'm sitting there this morning crying, re watching little girls with cancer, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds with cancer, offering up their kidneys to total strangers. I'm watching Kobe Bryant talk about the Lord and what it's like to go through life with with him and, and just this tiny little clip and just caring what it's what it means to follow Jesus and carrying his cross and and I'm sitting there just tears just falling down my face and I'm like, you know, my stories and my social media is and my podcast is all about entertaining people and entertaining teens because it teens are who my heart is for and anyone honestly anyone who listens to my podcast or looks at my social media or reads my books my message is for anyone but I wanted I wanted to just tell the world that my message is based on my foundations are set on Jesus Christ and I wanted to make that so clear. I wanted to shout it from a rooftop. So I don't have a rooftop. I have my podcast because this is where I'm doing it. And I want you to know if you're listening to this, I don't know what your day's like. I don't know what you've just experienced. I don't know what you have experienced and what, what you're facing right now. But I do know that Jesus loves you. He loves you with a fierceness and an overwhelming ability to love you like like no other. No other person in your life will love you like Jesus Christ does. And don't doubt that for a minute, for a second, for a moment. Don't even let that cross your mind that he doesn't love you because you look at what he his actions and they say actions speak louder than words well look at Jesus's actions look at what he did to prove to us how much he loves us he gave his life he gave not and it didn't start there on the cross um you know what I'm talking about is when Jesus died on the cross for us taking our sins I'm talking about when he gave up his life so that we can have a life in heaven with him forever and ever. And that's what I want to be clear that I'm talking about. But it starts, it started before that. It started when he came to the world as an infant child. He came to the world mortal, capable of sickness. And, you know, as, as a human man, he's, Christ has experienced the world like we have. And the Bible doesn't really go into a lot of detail about what Jesus's youth was like. They, the Bible focuses on the three years of ministry, 
that he gives to the world. But he had had 30 years of life before that. And you know that he experienced crushing defeat. You know he experienced hope. You know he experienced love with his family. You know that he experienced all the things that we have. And we say to ourselves sometimes, no one understands me. No one cares about me. That's not true. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And I want you to know and, and know in your heart, deep in your heart, that Christ is every, everything that you can imagine a perfect person to be. Christ is that person. I remember when I was six years old and uh, I was in this very conservative Christian uh, church school. Oh, I, I think I was in a church service at the time. And um, the church was very ultra conservative. You couldn't wear pants. You couldn't wear makeup, you know, that kind of stuff. I was six years old. I didn't care about any of that. But what they taught me one morning on a Sunday morning stayed with me the rest of my life, no matter what else they preached. And I will tell you that churches are fallible. They are not perfect. They're made of people, and people are not perfect. People are not perfect like Christ is. But Christ reached into my heart that day. And when the Sunday school teacher asked the class, who wants, I, I can still picture sitting in a circle with all of my other six-year-old, seven-year-old friends, and the teacher just staring up at her with her long brown hair, her long skirt, her long sleeves. And she said, who wants their best friend to be Jesus? And I shot my hand up so fast, I couldn't, I couldn't raise it higher, any higher than I did. I reached up to the heavens and I said, me, I do. And I meant it with all of my heart and all of my soul and all of my strength. Because for me to have a best friend like Jesus... Jesus, who's a miracle worker, Jesus, who is all loving, Jesus, who everything I had been taught about Jesus made me make that decision so easily and so quickly because nothing is wrong with Jesus in my life. And, and I hope yours. I hope that you don't place the blames of the world at Jesus' feet. Because there are, there are reasons for struggles and reasons that sometimes originate in, uh, in our own sin. Sometimes we make decisions that causes horrible consequences. And we have to live with those consequences. And sometimes we want to blame God for those circumstances in our life. You have to face yourself. And like I did when I was six years old, make a decision and choose. Do you want Christ in your life? Do you want him as your best friend? And I make the same choice today that I made when I was six years old. And do you know that I, my family left that church. My mom was married six times in my life. And so she had, we, I, I went into several different homes and I didn't go back 
I didn't walk back into a church until I was 11, 12, and it was a Greek Orthodox church. And I didn't understand a word they said. I felt the holiness of God in that church, but I didn't experience any encouraging message because it was all in a language I did not understand. But I was in the holiness of God. And it wasn't until I was 20, 20 years old, my friends, when I willingly walked into a church that spoke English that I could understand and gave my life back to Christ. But so many things happened before I was 20 years old that proved to me that Jesus never left me, not one moment. And my heart reached out to him so many times before walking back into that back into a church and I can tell you that Christ is living he is real no matter if we walk into one church a hundred churches 50 churches he is with you every step of the way he wants to be with you every step of the way of your life I know right now I am hopped up on caffeine I've just seen all these motivational messages and I wanted to give a motivational message of my own this morning, but because I feel like as an author, my, my job is to entertain. No, my job is to tell you about Christ, and I can do that through a book. I can do that through social media. I can do that through my podcast, and I wanted to do that today, and I wanted to share with you my story because nothing tells a story like a true story, something that has happened to you. I can tell you till you're blue in the face that Jesus is real, but you're not going to believe me because you might not believe me because you've never experienced Jesus for yourself. My, my dear friends, it's because you might, you have not invited him into your life to walk with you and share with you life's joys and sorrows. And he wants, he wants to do that so badly. There is no one in your life who will know you and love you like Jesus. In the Bible, it says Jesus knows every hair on your head. We have probably millions of hairs on our head. I, I would imagine. I don't know the number, but Jesus does. And Jesus knows your heart. He knows where you're at right now. He knows where you're going to be. He knows it all. And he loves you anyway. He loves you anyway. Does he approve of your choices right now? He might not. And maybe he does. I don't know what those choices are. I just know that Christ can be in every one of them. And I'm just going to share with you my story because that's the only thing I've got. I, like I said, I can tell you till you're blue in the face that Christ wants to be there for you. But here's how he was there for me. Like I already told you, I accepted him in my heart when I was six years old. And we left that church, and I had a, had two different stepfathers after that, and a single mom in between. And my mom, God rest her soul, was an alcoholic. And I think that she struggled with a mental illness that she treated with alcohol. In fact, there were times that she chose to buy alcohol over food. There were times that I starved as a kid, but my mom was happily drunk, and I had 
no other choice but to hand her another drink. And those were not those were not easy times. Those were not easy times. But I suffered. I suffered during those times. And did I call out to God every time I suffered? No, I didn't. I don't remember calling out to God. I might have, but it didn't stick in my memory as something that I did. And that might be true for you, that you have suffered in your life and you've gone through it alone. But you don't have to. And that's what I'm trying to impress on you. So I ended up in a home where, uh, now this is not going to be an easy story to hear because of what I'm about to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyway, because I'm being completely open and vulnerable and honest with you today. This man that my mom brought my brother, my sister, and I into the home of uh, was not a good man. In fact, she saw him looking at my sister in a way she didn't like. So she sent my sister away to live with her ex-husband's blind uncle. That just shows you the kind of decisions that my mother made that did not make sense. So it makes you think something else was going on with her. But let's just revisit what my mom did. She sent my sister away, who was 14 at the time. Didn't like the way her new husband was looking at her daughter, so she sent the daughter away, but left my nine-year-old self there. So he turned his attention to me, and I experienced things at his hands that no child, no child, no woman should ever experience without their consent, and no child uh, ever should experience that and I don't think I told my mom I I was angry at life and I turned into I turned into a I'm a very happy person normally that's my nature but that nine-year-old became bitter angry totally withdrawn I remember my mom coming into my room during that time and saying, are you going to do your homework? And I told her, no, I'm not going to. And just feeling so defiant. And I think I must have been angry at her because she wasn't there to stop the abuse of her husband. And why didn't she know? Why didn't she just know that this man is not a safe man to be, to live with? And it wasn't until my brother and I I started spending my nights sleeping with my brother in the basement because it was safer there. And one night we heard yelling and shouting and screaming. And so my brother and I creeped up the basement stairs and we and the door was open so we could see above the, the top step that my mother was facing off against this man and they were fighting. And I watched that man throw a ketchup bottle at my mother's knee and it broke and ketchup and most likely blood came spilled down her leg and I lost all sense of reason and when I say all sense I mean all sense of reason I could not like rage filled me like I have never experienced since and I know it was rage at what he had done to me, and it was rage at what he had just done to, did to my mother. And so I flew up those the rest of the steps, jumped on his back, and started attacking his face, attacking his face. 
And I poured all my hate for this man out into that attack. And I'm a nine-year-old little girl. He was able to get me off his back pretty quickly. And he came after me. My mom got in the middle of us, and she told me to run. So I ran to the next-door neighbor. They called the cops. He ended up going away in handcuffs. But it wasn't because of what he did to me. I never told anybody. And it wasn't, in fact, what happened later was that I, because of that trauma, I repressed the memories in, in, my, in my mind. All I remembered was him coming into my room at night and telling me to shut up and turn over. And everything, I started praying, and I believe that Jesus saved me from dealing with those memories until I was ready to handle them. <coughs> I started praying. In that moment, I, tr I did as this man asked, and I started praying for God to save me. And he didn't save me from the abuse, but he saved me from the trauma of the memories until I was about 36, 37 years old. And the memory started coming back. I, wa I started receiving therapy, and they told me, you need to deal with this trauma. Or you will, I was having... At 36 and 37 years old, I, I was having terror-induced nightmares. So I would wake up in a cold sweat, and I, couldn't, I, I started not sleep, being able to sleep because of these nightmares. I went through extensive therapy trying to recover those lost memories, and they were recovered. And it, those were not a couple of easy years after that. Um, I had to deal with the idea that I had been abused. I had always wondered because of the last thing I remembered, but then I knew after the therapy that I had been abused, trying to deal with those memories. And I'm going to be honest, again, after all those years of crying out to God and God answering me, those two years of dealing with the trauma, I ignored God again. So I wouldn't say I ignored him. I just put, I put him aside for a while and just, again, like I did when I was nine, I inverted into myself and started using food as therapy, gained a lot of weight. I'm not proud of how I handled that trauma, but did Christ ever give up on me? Ever? No, he never did. He always was there waiting for me. In fact, after those two years of dealing with the trauma, I, I went into church and and we, we sung a hymn and it, it just dived into my heart what I what I had done. I had chosen to ignore Christ when I needed him the most. He was waiting to be there for me. He was waiting to comfort me. He was waiting to hold me in that in that sorrow, in the trauma. And I put him aside. I ignored him. I felt a, a, a reawakening of my love for Christ in that moment, but I also felt sorrow that he could have saved me from so much of what I suffered. If I can tell you anything today, it's that you can ignore Christ all you want. You can. You have that choice, but he will never ignore you. And anytime you call out to him, he will answer. He will answer by so many different ways. I've had friends call me just out of the blue and um, and it ministered to my heart in a way that nothing else had at the moment. I've opened up my Bible 
and read scripture that spoke to my heart and and ministered to me in a way that I knew it was God speaking to me through his word. I've prayed and experienced a tremendous sense of peace after I prayed. And after I gave up, I gave whatever fears I had up to the Lord. I have experienced Christ. And there were times in my life, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it here, but there have been other times now. I will make other, I will hop on here again and go into those. But um, I lost both my mother and my father to two violent homicides and different occasions, different situations. And was Christ there for me during those times? Yes, absolutely. I couldn't have gotten, gotten it through without him. In one case, I experienced a miracle. So that will be something I can share with you another time. But just know this, that Christ is all around us. He is such a part of this world. And we might not think that because this world is a, it's a dark place. It's, it's become a very dark place. But, you know, the devil has reign over this earth. And he is doing terrible things with it. It's infecting in our music. It's infected in our in prejudices. It's infected in politics. It's infected in everything. In everything. And a lot of social media, too. You go on there and you see things you shouldn't see. You, you read things you shouldn't read. You, because, that, because that's our world right now. But, but Christ can overcome anything. And can and he did. He he helped me overcome so many traumas in my life, and I would not be the woman I am without him. He is the light of our world. It says in the Gospels that we are to be that we are a lamp, and Christ wants us to shine, shine our light in the darkness. And it, you know what, you know what light gives. Light gives hope. Light. And, and and the hope for life. When you stumble around in the darkness and you can't find your way, you can't see where you're going, that's not what Christ wants for you. He doesn't want you stumbling because, you know, I believe that every one of us is searching. Until we found Christ, you're going to always be searching. So let me encourage you today, to, if you have a Bible, if you have the Bible app, open it up and start reading it. Contact me through my website, and I can answer questions. Um, don't be afraid to reach out and, and find out what is this Jesus that makes him so special. He saved me on so many occasions, and he can save you too. So I'm going to end that here, and I hope that you're not, you don't allow, allow fear to stop you from finding out more about who Christ is and what he can do through your life. God bless you. Friends, that was me, Sophia Simpson, giving you uh, a raw account of some things that have happened in my life. And I hope that you can take that and let it encourage you that Jesus is with you all the time. I want to end this with a scripture from Isaiah 35, 4. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. And he will, friends.
he will save you from everything, things you've done yourself, the things other people have done to you. And I thank you for listening to this. And if you'd like to find me on social media, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook with the handle Sophia Simpson Author, Sophia with an F. Have a blessed and wonderful day. You can also find me on www.sophiasimpson.com.